0: Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible reading guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and your host, DJ Payne.
1: today and welcome to episode 116 of the Thrive Deeper podcast. It's your old mate DJ Payne here and on this week's episode of your favorite Bible podcast, Dr. Matthew Jacobi and I sit down and we cover for the final time in this series. This is our final part in our three-part series on the book of Leviticus. We're wrapping up the book of Leviticus on this episode, as if you could ever wrap up a book of the Bible. But this is it. This is the center book, the centerpiece of the first five books of the Bible, what we call the Torah or the Pentateuch, these first five books of Moses. And why is this book so important? Well, we're going to wrap it up on this week's episode. Plus, I've got something really exciting to let you know. Matthew and I are going to try something very different very soon and we want you to be a part of it keep on listening for all of that and a lot more on this week's episode of thrive deeper matthew i've just shown you where the studio is up to Mm. out the back here yeah what are was, your thoughts? Was I excited enough for no, you? No, you weren't excited enough for me. <laughs> I'm very disappointed. Our, our, our partner in crime in all of this is, is one Mr. Stuart Duncan. He hates being mentioned on the podcast, but Stewie is our man behind the, on the scenes. He makes yeah. this all happen. Yeah. And so we've been him and I have been working up to our elbows, sleeves rolled up in the studio, no, that's great. Oh, yeah. getting things done. Yeah. The bench went in yesterday. So excited to yeah. show, show you off. You walked in there. You tapped the bench. You went, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, good. Okay, and you just walked straight back out of the yeah house. because my
2: mind was on on the content of what's going to happen in this. studio,
1: and I'm like, I oh, was uh, you were supposed to be. It's like, I was like a, a person with a newborn yeah. child going, "Come on, Matt!"
2: No, it's great. I'm I'm I am twitching <laughs> with excitement, DJ. Uh,
1: if everything goes to plan, the next podcast you hear from us mm. will be recorded out there. Good. Yeah, out of the, out of this makeshift yeah. little room. Not that it
2: makes any difference to our listeners, because <laughs> honestly, it's you know going to sound the same.
1: It, well, hopefully, it'll sound for the audio files out there. It'll sound one percent mm. better.
2: Yeah, I'm sure everyone <laughs> will notice the difference.
1: <laughs> I'm excited anyway. Now, listen, we are. This is Thrive Deeper, episode 116. This is our final. Part in a three-part series on the book of Leviticus.
2: Mm. Yeah, exciting stuff, hey. Well, Leviticus.
1: I, I, I've I've gotten a lot out of it. Yeah, to be honest with too. you, reading through it again, and uh, I know a lot of people have been struggling with these laws and rules yeah, and I know. and all all this uh, you know ancient uh, ways of looking at life. But on this, our final part. Uh, you know, of looking at Leviticus, this middle part of the books of Moses, these first five books of the Bible, this centered, uh, you know, book in these first five books. Uh, I'm hoping that we can wrap up in – we're basically looking at the final 11 chapters, uh, you know, from 17 all the way to 27, wrapping up this book of Leviticus, and it's all about the rules and the regulations that the Levite priests – who are the priestly class of people mm. over the Israelites, yeah. how they are to live, how they are to judge, how they are to view the world. Yeah. And, you know, it's sort of, as as we've been saying for the last couple of episodes on this, it really rubs us as modern people the wrong way sometimes.
2: Yeah, and that's what I think the value is, actually. Uh, people don't like it because it rubs them up the wrong way and it's, uh, and it's so unfamiliar. So it just seems to... Um, it doesn't seem to sink in, but yeah. I would suggest, for that very reason, there's something here um, that that we can that will help us to get into a mindset that is going to uh, help us to access the biblical worldview. Yeah, in a deeper sense.
1: Not and and, yeah. and and again, when we say biblical worldview, I want to I want to. I had someone mention something to me the other day, and I, and, I, and I and I felt. I hate to use this. I'll use a really dorky Christian phrase. I felt a check in my spirit. (laughs) I stopped because someone really, someone sort of started praising me for my love of the Bible. And, you know, oh, you really think biblically and you've got this passion of the Bible. And because they asked me about a passage and I said, I think that's Ephesians four. And I was in Ephesians four. And they were like, it was like, I was a magician, you know, oh, wow, you can see the Bible. You've got this biblical thing. And I was like, I don't want to be known as the person who just knows the Bible. The only reason I'm so passionate about the Bible, because mm. this is how we come to God. Yeah, this right. biblical worldview is, is how we get to know God. And I think that is true of Leviticus. I feel as going through the Leviticus again, mm. reading about holiness and purity and, and, and God keeps saying, I am the Lord, come out, be a part. I've got yeah. to know him better.
2: Yeah, there's some really key conceptual stuff here yeah. that makes sense of a lot of other things. And and I think that draws us into the the dimension that the Bible is operating in, and it's a dimension, by the way, that we actually need to operate in as well. Yes, uh, but because in our culture so much of this stuff is foreign, yeah, um, it, w- we we struggle with it. But actually, um, we we need to we do need to try to move and And try to operate or or think in this dimension, and that doesn't mean that the specific laws and that we follow these spe- specific laws yeah. but rather that we lean into this dimension okay and um, I think that's the you know one important thing the other important thing <clears throat> that i'm conscious of is that so much criticism relating to the Bible goes to the book of Leviticus, Ah, oh, yeah, but they did this, and they did that and um and and I think understanding. Uh, understanding this in the light of the biblical worldview and in the light of the culture and the and the time mm. uh, because this is we 're talking about something here that 's three and a half thousand years old yeah. different place different time completely di- see we 've just got to be we've we 've got to try to not be quick to um, you know access it with our modern lens and, yes. and judge it from our great point. Uh, modern lens um but also recognize there's an opportunity here to uh, to recapture an, a dimension of, of life that I feel and, you know, some other very significant thinkers, including non-Christian thinkers, f- uh, argue that we've lost. There's actually something in, you know, ancient, the ancient people's. Primitive cultures, in terms of their porousness and, and, and openness to the spiritual world and to dimension, you know, we talked about the axes of um of the sacred and the and, and the profane and the yeah. difference between those sorts of things and and there are you know there are there are scholars uh, like Machia Eliade uh, who who would argue we 've actually really lost a whole axis of human existence here you know we operate on this horizontal plane, but there's this there 's this other axis of sacred and profane and and we 've just made everything profane we 've lost a sense of the yeah. sacred
1: and, and and we were originally talking that around the ideas of you know clean and unclean, yeah which is almost which well not almost it it is a different but yet related to yeah. you know sin and and, and that 's right and it operates
2: on that. In that that other dimension, you know, and so a a lot of the laws here are uh, kind of habituating and ingraining and creating a greater sensitivity to that dimension. Because if we lose, uh, if we lose a sensitive, the greatest sensitivity we have to that, that, uh, what I'm going to call a vertical axis of the sacred and the profane and the clean and the unclean and then, and the holy and the unholy. So, for example, if we get rid of that distinction, then we, Bar ourselves from actually having a uh, a sense of the holy, yeah, a sense of the sacred, a That's sensitivity a to, to those things.
1: That's a great way to put it. That's a great. Well, in light of that, this is going to be an interesting episode because we've basically got eleven chapters to sort of skim <laughs> yeah. over. We're going to sort of stop in a couple of bits and pieces. Yeah. The first stop, I think, we'll chapter seventeen is prohibitions about blood and the life yeah. is in the blood. Yeah. We're not going to camp on that, except to except to say. Th- that's a foundational thing in the back of your mind to remember why the writers of the Bible talk so highly about Christ's shed blood in yeah, the future that's right. yeah. because they're talking about this as life. Yeah, right. life. Blood equals life.
2: Blood equals life, yeah. And, yeah. Ac- and, and again, let's not take a modern scientific approach to this. That's not what this is about. This no. is, this is uh, a time when people you know, thought in, in very much in symbols and what this – uh, I guess what that expressed yeah. for them. And, and so that's a very good point, I think. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And I, I don't even think that the writers, well, in one sense, I mean, God obviously being the ultimate author here. Yeah. He wasn't meant, to, it was, it's not, this is not a scientific yeah, you know, right. book. Yeah. This yeah, is This yeah. is a book, you know, to bring us closer to him. Now, chapter 18. Yeah. Is forbidden sexual practices. Yeah. Every deviant sexual practice is listed in here. Yeah. It's you pretty know, graphic. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty graphic. Um, and if I can be totally crass and blunt with people listening today, uh, this is, uh, you know, I was talking to some, uh, um, I'll say friends, I'll say acquaintances yeah. about this this past week. And one of them commented and said, now this is going to be very graphic, so excuse me, you know, yeah. if you've got young ones listening, maybe stop. They said, oh, this sounds like a pornography website's directory. Yeah. If I go yeah. to a pornography yeah. website's directory, Every sin that is listed here in Leviticus is listed as a genre for me to go view. Yeah. And I was like that that made me feel sick to my stomach personally. Yeah. Um and I want I don't want to make anyone yeah, think it's, that look I'm it's a, naive to this yeah. but I re- I realized this attack on the prof- like you're saying yeah. the attack on the holy and the non-holy the 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 the, the move of humanity to make everything acceptable yeah. Everything just, whatever, it's not a sin, yeah. it's whatever. It, it I just, it yeah. crushed me this week.
2: Yeah, that's right. And the importance of this chapter, and this is picked up in the New Testament because it's interesting that in Romans 1, Paul uses, um, you know, sexual uh, sexual practices Um as an example of man becoming, you know, Im- abandoning the natural and, and, you know, abandoning the ideals of God, yes. right? And, and the importance, the points of that, and the reason why it's given so much detail hi- here in Leviticus 18 yeah. is because of the connection, is because of this other dimension, right? Because yeah. sexuality, because we, in our culture, we just think it's just a physical thing and, uh, and if it hurt, you know, if it's doesn't consenting anybody, and if it doesn't yeah. hurt anyone, it's, it's fine. But, that 's on the horizontal dimension that's that 's ignoring the vertical dimension okay yes. so there 's this other dimension that that is being operated in here where sexuality is sacred it 's like a gateway yes. to your soul okay so uh, and, 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 and there 's points at which you know I mean Paul refers to this you know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, yes, and you do not un- unite a, a, a this temple of the holy Spirit you know yes. um, with you know w- you know with idols and so forth and he's talking about uh, you know he 's talking about sexuality and uh, sexuality was often associated with um the occult,
1: yeah 100%. Uh, both in the
2: New Testament times and old testament times, and the and, reason and all the way to today that's right, and the reason is actually because remember and we 've said this before in previous episodes, there are real um uh, kind of evil entities behind the cults yes. uh, of the of, of the ancient Near Eastern in fact of all you know all cults and um, and so the, the, the way in which they accessed really in, in a sense that gained spiritual access to people 's souls yeah. was through acts of sexuality because it 's like a you know, it 's like a hallway yeah. that leads directly to To the soul, in a way, sexuality, uh, and so that sense of, and that's where there is that sense, you know, and I mean, it's where th- that there is a sense of deep sense of violation, defilement yeah. that is associated with sexuality. It's why there is a we have this concept of innocence, you know, which, and protecting innocence, and yeah. and, um, uh, and and I and I think that that is intelligible in the light of the sacredness yeah. of. Of sexuality, because see, we've just made it profane. We've just said, yeah, oh, it's nothing, it's, it's not nothing. a big deal. No, but if you add this extra dimension, it becomes a really, uh, really serious.
1: And it's so hard issue. for us to get that back that, yep. like, I, 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 again, as I talked to a group of people about this this week, non believers and believers, yep. um, mostly non, someone said, Gee, whiz, God, this God character, this God person's really concerned about what we do in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's really concerned with like sexuality and then someone pointed out, and we'll get into this later on maybe, he's really concerned with what happens to animals and humans' testicles as well. Yeah. Like this, and it's like, and I'm like, yeah, for whatever, he's the creator. Yeah. He has set up this dimension. He knows exactly yeah. how we're made. And yeah, sexuality is a major part of what yeah. he's made. And ultimately, I think it's made to glorify him yeah. in the family unit, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And 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 likewise, the enemy, this this satanic force out there, yeah. knows that it is a great way to enslave people. Yeah, that's right. To 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 the opposite. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. right. And
2: so, you know, because there's this there's this sense that. You know, if it doesn't harm anyone, and, and, and particularly, and this is a particularly issue which was a massive issue in our culture with the issue of pornography, and people, yeah. you know, uh, justify that to themselves. I click on this; doesn't hurt anyone. But like, given the spiritual associations yes. with sexuality, like you, lit you, you may as well be pulling out the Ouija board, or you may as well be, you know, engaging in s- satanic ritual, amen. Or whatever. Because, amen. Uh, it's, it's about access. It's yes. about access to your um, – and I know some people are going to think, oh, Matt, don't – that's uh, – you, you're just overstating. The, yeah. No, sexuality is sacred. Yeah. Uh, and so you clicking on that, you might as well be worshipping at that altar. That was the sense that this is what is behind uh, a lot of this stuff in uh, Leviticus 18. I, a- I 10.
1: agree with you 110% yep. about this. In fact, I probably am a bit more full on <laughs> than yeah. where you are about it. Now – in, in looking at in chapter 18, a couple of things, you know, that I've seen floating around on social media really sparked a life with this. Yeah. Because in chapter 18, it lists all these types of sexual deviancy, um, you know, anything out, outside of the mm. sexual norm of a husband and wife together, yeah. um, you know, coming together, you know, you know, in, a, in, a, in the family, in the sacred yeah, family, yeah. And anything outside of that, yeah. anything outside of that.
2: Because – and can I just say about yep. that too? Yeah. Because sexuality was made for that connection. Yes. It's uh, – Within the context of the of the of the covenant mm. and the two halves, you know, gender is was envisaged as being the two halves of the whole, and so it was created for deep, deep connection. Mm. So you want it's got to be the right connection, otherwise, uh, it, it has that yeah. uh, really untoward effect. Sorry, yeah. now keep going. No, no, that, yeah. you
1: the you, you great great point there. Yeah. So, so now we live in a in, in a society. Yeah um and as soon as anyone uses the word society it's like cringe factor here yeah. but so, we we live in we live in a world whether in we're in um I'll, I'll say the modern west you know you yeah. could be in the UK you could be in the USA yeah, you could yeah. be here but many other other cultures as well where sexual I want to be I want to be very careful in what words I use here mm-hmm. because I don't want to trigger anybody but yeah. anything outside of that normal heterosexual gendered relationship between a man and a woman yeah. um is is not just accepted, but celebrated, yeah. you know, and it, it's celebrated, it's glorified, it's like this, it's protected, it yeah. is, it is uh, amplified, mm. um, you know, uh, and we could go on and on with yeah. all this different stuff that's happening in our culture. Now, a lot of preachers have said. Now, w- alongside that, God has shown us in Leviticus that you are cursing your land when you ent- when a people enter into this into this realm yeah. you are cursing the land in which you've been yeah. given so people are saying nations are doomed the reason why this problem is happening in this country or this problem is happening yeah. in this country or this problem is happening around the world whatever that is mm. whether it's a disease or whether it's a natural disaster whether, yeah. whether it's environmental the solution like said it in, out in Leviticus is you repent. You get right with the Lord, and God will bless the land. But mm. if you enter into all this sexual deviancy, the land wants to spit you out. The, yeah. the, the earth is made to want to reject you once you go down this pathway. Yeah, I've thrown a massive <laughs> yeah. theological point out there. <laughs>
2: Good on you, thanks for that. But I, but I know that. I know yeah. some of our listeners. It is go, a theme. Some yeah. of our
1: listeners have gone, man. I saw that on Facebook just the other day. Someone posted something like that. Yeah, so, and
2: and more often than not, I, I feel that it's it's not uh, it's not. Oh well I mean um okay let me let me let's start from from the basics so there's that sense that it's the background of Eden and Adam and Eve being expelled from Eden and the yeah. perfect kind of environment and part of the part of the consequences of their fall yes. is is that um when when you um when you distort because they they their the relationship with God was broken therefore their relationship with each other was broken therefore their relationship with their environment was broken. Yes. So, so there's this there's this multi-dimensional facet. If one of those things breaks, so for example, even a broken relationship, according to the New Testament, reflects on your relationship with God. If I if I uh, if I'm not forgiving my brother, then I'm actually I have an issue with God. I mean, yeah. it's you know uh, what you do to the least of these, you do unto me. Yeah,
1: and, and if a, if a man doesn't provide for his family, God doesn't hear yeah, his prayer. That's you right. Know, like, you know, yeah. That's
2: right. And and the in the biblical worldview, and 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 this is sort of behind Genesis chapter 3 is this connection to the land as well because we're part of... Now, as, as modern Western thinkers, we're not very good at this uh, you know this idea that we belong to a land, or I mean, we're indigenous fa- with yeah.
1: farmers. That's we right. We have this little plot that we live on. We, you know, we complain when we've got to mow our lawn. Let alone, if we yeah, could, that's right. You know, yeah. so
2: for example, you know, indigenous cultures and so forth. There is a much greater sense of of I belong, like part of my identity is my belonging to this environment, and yes. and that actually is is very much part of the biblical uh, of the biblical view. So, um, so how I act. I I act as the um, as the steward of my environment, and so there's a sense in which in in which I poison my uh, I- environment. Now, um, uh, so the is when Israel went into the Promised Land, that was meant to be a kind of a new Eden. It was like you know you got and so even the the threats about I'll cast you out of the land, and if you you know yes. and and about healing the land, and yes. it, it's that. Eden-like language yes. that that you, you know that is used. Um, okay, so how does that how does that relate to to
1: is is it is that a specific promise to the Jewish people, the Israelites in that particular land? As an Australian, can we be standing up saying, "Hey, I'm going to claim this for Australia"? As an American American yeah. preacher saying, "I'm yeah, going to claim more, this for America"?
2: Yeah, more often not than not, when people do that, I, I find that problematic, and, I, and I'm, I mean, we, we probably don't have the time to go into that now. Yeah. I mean, it's there's… this The thing is that there's an element in which uh, it's, it's not because they will always point to a specific thing or it's because of this or it's because of that. And it's almost too specific. Like there, there there are there are such deep levels in us all. Yes. It, the problem is it's it's because of what those people are doing. Yeah. Or because of what those people and we're always pointing, I think the problem lies more at that level. Yeah. So so I, I do think that there is a sense of of, of defilement of yeah. our environment that's happening. Yes. But it's not just because of those people. Yeah. Uh, we're all we're, you know, in different ways. We're all a part of that problem.
1: You're, you're, you're saying the same. You're saying oh, you're on the other side of the coin that I was saying in in answer answering yeah. this to someone. My reply to someone was, I can't control that. Yeah, I can't control that person out there living sexual deviancy. Yeah, yeah. All I can control is my household and what God has given me responsible yeah. for, and the influence that I have. Yeah. That's what I'm called to do. Yeah. So I'm going to repent in my circle of influence. Yeah, I'm going to live in my circle because I can't make those yeah. people ever right. repent.
2: So, <laughs> so religious people pointing the finger at yeah. people and saying they're the, you know it's 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 because it, that yeah. actually, according to the teaching of Jesus, is more of a problem that attitude than even the sins that those people are committing. Wow, wow. I mean, yeah. you know, it's the it's the it's yeah. the um the the sense of of sort of superiority and um, and it's not denying that there are things happening out there it's yeah. the the problematic thing there is the attitude um that is a very dangerous attitude that you know uh pointing the finger at always at, at the other yeah. person saying they're the problem when, you know actually we're all we're all part of the problem and and as christians we're on a journey to be less a part of the problem more a part of the solution
1: amen amen <laughs> all right let's keep moving here we then go into um chapter uh, 19 yeah which again is a lot of uh you know, um, it's, all, it's a lot of it is almost expanding on the Ten Commandments in chapter 19. It's all about personal conduct, how you be holy. The Lord keeps on repeating this refrain. Yeah. I, this is my Lord. I am the Lord. Yeah. I am the God. God I am holy. Yeah. Therefore, do this. So, let me, let me pick up on that
2: idea because yeah. th- this is the key rationale. Uh, a whole lot of different laws are given and there's some weird, let's face it, there's some weird things there. Yeah. The rationale is… I am holy, yes. therefore, you need to be holy. now holiness means a sense of purity and distinctness and and in in this case, very distinctness is a very important idea, so I want you to be distinct okay um, so there there are laws like um, uh that that are designed to Ingrain a sense of distinctness. Make a distinction between this and this. Do not yep. mix. Yep. Uh, so, for example, nine, uh, n- n- chapter 19, verse 19. Uh, do not mate different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two kinds of seed. Yep. Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material.
1: <laughs> and that's a that, classic what? one that I've used before. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the atheists love to trot out a handful of Oh, yeah, you're going to follow those laws, are yeah. you? Yeah.
2: The principle, it's, see, there, a lot of these laws are designed to ingrain... Uh, and habituate people to ideas, okay? And the idea here is don't mix. Uh, and and so, it's, you know, even in the clothes that they wear, they are reminded of things. It's like, you know, it's like Moses saying in um, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, you know, these laws are to be w- with you all the time, write them, wear them on your foreheads, write them on your doors, write them on your… Yeah. It's like the principles are even… Uh, woven into their very clothing. Yes. Okay, I uh, say so I can't wear uh, two different. Oh, that's because there's not to be any mixing yeah. of the holy and the unholy. It's to remind. It's just yeah. You see, it's that. It's the. It's that dimension. It's yeah. the vertical dimension. It's you. You. It's uh, um, uh, habituating people to making, constantly making a distinction and not mixing the sacred and the profane.
1: Um, again, to talk about mixing the sacred and profane, I'm going to say something profane in, in the idea of the sacred. It's almost like, uh, you know, I, I had a friend back in Bible college whose every shirt, every T-shirt they had, had a Jesus slogan on it. Right. And it, like, you know, the worst daggiest <laughs> ones of all, you know, like, you know, the Coca-Cola logo, but it had Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. All that yeah. type of thing. And I would make fun of him, but he, but he – Came back at me once and said, "The reason why I wear these shirts is to remind me who I am and who I belong to." Yeah, and I was like, "Man, that's straight from Leviticus." Yeah, like he's yep. he's doing that. Also in Leviticus, uh, one thing that sprung out to me that I think we we really gloss over, and I and I really think it's worthwhile uh, just just emphasizing it because you might be listening right now, and you might be you might not have ever heard this before is. In Leviticus, we see very clear laws and very clear thoughts around uh, that, that God has around psychics, around oh, mediums, yeah, yeah. and around what would be considered now sort of harmless magic practices. Yeah. God says, no way, Hosea. Like, do yeah, not absolutely. go yeah, anywhere yeah, absolutely. near that. Absolutely, yeah. And I want to recommend that, you know, dear Christian living in the year 2021 and, and yeah. beyond, you're going to be tempted in newspapers – you know, celebrity television shows. You know, social media accounts yeah. to talk about. You know, whether it's a horoscope or whether it's about. You know, a, a someone who can have have a divine revelation or even just some sort of foretelling of something. Yeah. Be careful.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Be careful, because God says no, no, no. Yeah, like, serious this is business here. Serious business. Yeah,
2: it's this is and and as we see from the story that follows, once we get into um, you know judges and yes. so forth, they really were swayed uh, by this stuff. They thought, oh, we're not gonna be this is not gonna have any, you know, we can dabble in this and that, it's not gonna have any uh effect on us. But um you know there there are there are real uh there are real spiritual forces, quite insidious spiritual forces behind Form. this stuff, trying to gain a foothold. Yeah. Uh trying to get us to give them permission. Yeah. And and these these are, you know, these a lot of these practices are in a sense kind of covenant-making practices where, where you do kind of bind yourself uh, because it's a transactional thing and so there's a sense of giving permission um. And and giving something of yourself in the process, so this is really it's serious business. This yep. occult stuff,
1: hundred yep. percent. Now we move from you know those rules, guidelines, God's God speaking about why is holy and and you know everything like that. In chapter twenty, he then moves yep. into um, he's giving sort of uh, the punishments.
2: Yeah, that's for right. what
1: happens if you if if this happens, well, what do you what do you do? Yeah, some of it is either in our modern way of thinking. Some of it we look at and go, is that it? or the other other side we go holy moly that's full on for that yeah.
2: yeah look and this is this is a big one and and it's often skeptics love to bring this up you know the violence and the you know this is uh you know
1: talks about stoning
2: people and i mean yeah. it's
1: um, Chapter twenty. I mean, I'll be, up, I'll be straight up. Chapter twenty has been a massive stumbling block for anybody in the uh, LGBTQ you know community type of thing because it clearly states yeah. punishments for you know yeah. s- sexual deviance. Well, well
2: all, all, I mean, all sorts of things. All sorts of things that that are seen today as private, you know, yes. private. But remember, nothing. Um, Again, this is working on a on a double axis here, and with that extra dimension. So, so nothing is really private. Everything is community, particularly in a nomadic and and tribal society. Yep. Things like adultery and se- like this sexual stuff is all. It's actually all going to have an effect, uh, deep effect on the community. So, um, there's nothing really private here. But the, the disturbing thing, and and, and I just want to validate that because it is, you know. It's oh man, stoning to like it's really disturbing what? stuff, uh, and and I think w- what this evokes is the the principle and it's the ethical principle a, a necessary evil. It's not like s- oh stoning is a good thing no. or capital punishment is a good, but it was seen at this stage as a necessary evil. Now um, the other thing it's probably worth pointing out is that th- this they needed this is as part of the civil law, right? Yes. So this is not this is not just. Spiritual, religious teaching because we separate those things. Yes, this is actually their civil law yes. as well. Yep. this is keeping the order of society. Mm. Now, in in that in that time, uh, these punishments for that time are actually fairly not only fairly common. Like they're, they're um, uh, you know, when you compare them to what was around, yep. um, they're certainly not harsh for that time. In fact, I would suggest that' they 're actually quite uh r- r- relatively humane because there are no prolonged tortures and
0: there's honestly no the pr- things yes. that happened
2: the things that happened in uh in the ancient world yes. the kinds of prolonged pun- you, you just i would not even want to mention yeah. the sorts of things yeah. that the, and the ways that they punish yeah, there's, people
1: there's no un- cruel and unusual punishment as in tortures yeah. uh you know spectacles or uh, you know, even in, in long imprisonments or anything like that, yeah. it is either you know restitution financially, you know, <clears> doing something or sacrificial, or you are put to death.
2: Yeah, and and you've got to remember imprisonment. To remember these guys, these guys are nomads right yeah. now, so that's not going to work, is it? exactly that? right? And and so, um, uh, yeah, so like I get th- th- this is us, you know, in the tw- in the twenty first century, looking back yeah. into the ancient world, yes. S- no one in the ancient world – I mean, they would have almost said, oh, is that all? Yeah. Like, that's that would have been their reaction. Wow. Like, this wow. is actually – I want to live in this this nation Yes, because they're not going to, um, you know – well, I'm not even going to – you know, but, you know, they're not going to sub- subject me to a punishment that's going to last for weeks. Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, – and in fact, I mean, a classic example is like crucifixion was a classic example of the most – ridiculously cruel prolonged form of punishment yeah um, so uh, you you just don't have you don't have that kind of thing uh, yeah. here now it doesn't mean it's not bad but again there's the sense of okay this is a civil law in the ancient world you've got to work with something that it's 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 similar enough to be intelligible yes to an ancient person yeah you know yeah. it's you' not got you can't just you can't just Take what we now know as familiar, and and expect that to, you know expect to find that
1: but the, in the ancient world. There's there's another aspect to this, Matt, that really uh, speaks to me today, and I and I and I hope it's I, I want to know if it spoke to you as well. It shows me that God is serious about these things. Yeah,
2: that's another. That's a good point too. Yeah, because we yeah because yeah. I'm
1: like oh you know again if I'm using today's argument like. It happens in the privacy of someone's own home. Um, oh, look, a psychic isn't that bad. Come on, it might be just a joke or whatever. It's just oh, you know, we have this libertarian sort of worldview. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Everyone's, yeah. every, God says, no, 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 no. You, you put that person to death, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, okay. It, in other
2: words, it's that bad. Yeah. So it's the the question is who has the prerogative to say how bad it is? Because often, often the the like everything that I've said or considered, okay. Mm-hmm. But to answer that response, like, oh, that's really that's really that's too serious for that crime because that crime and the presupposition, it's not that bad. Yeah. Well, who gets to make that judgment? <laughs> and 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 in the and and <laughs> here, God is uh, making this judgment, saying, no, actually, it really is that bad. Yeah. And and it's going to undermine everything. It's going to undermine the whole plan, because again, to come back um, to this, God had called this people to be a holy people. Yeah, He'd put His name on them. They were meant to be an example to uh, to the world around them. And so there's. A sense of a higher responsibility on them as well
1: big time big time all right listen let's take a quick break we're, we're we're halfway through this final episode on the book of leviticus we've still got about another seven chapters or so to get through till we wrap up here matt <laughs> so let's take a quick break i've got something really important to share with you and we'll be back in just a moment on thrive deeper family it's your old buddy dj Payne here and uh hate to interrupt this scintillating conversation on the book of leviticus listen i'm having a great time i hope you are as well I, i i've been telling you over the last uh you know few episodes how intrinsic your financial support is and dare i forget your prayerful support of this ministry of thrive please if you think of us please pray for us And if you can, please financially support us as well by heading over to thrivetoday.tv. But I want to tell you today about something really exciting we're going to be trying with you who are supporting. As we move things over to our brand new supporters group on Facebook, we've got a new supporters group on Facebook, and we're going to bring you into that. Anybody who's able to financially support at whatever level you're able to do, we want to bring you into that. We're going to try offering you something worthwhile of being in there. And on Friday, March the 26th, we don't have a time yet, but on Friday, March the 26th, I can let you know the days so here you can circle the count cal- on the calendar. We're going to try a live Q&A A live Q&A from the new studio, Matthew and I sitting down, streaming directly with you live in the Facebook group. We want to be able to have your questions coming in live to us. And it's only going to be available for Thrive supporters in that group. So it's an experiment. We're going to be trying stuff like this. This is the added value we want to give you as you financially support what we do. So if you want to get involved in that, please, the first step is become a financial supporter. Head over to thrivetoday.tv and you'll see the donate there. It can be as little as you want it to be, as whatever you can afford, or dare I say it, as much as you can afford as well. Uh, Now, as you do that, you'll be invited into the Thrive Supporters group, a brand new group on Facebook, an exclusive private group brought into there. And that's where we're going to be doing all this added content, direct access to Matt and I as we record. We want to be in contact with you and we want to do something really special for you there. We're going to experiment and try it on March the 26th. Circle that on the calendar. It might be during the, the day. It might be on your lunch break there. You can jump in there. But March the 26th is when we're gonna try it out. I hope you can be a part of it. Until then, let's get back into the book of Leviticus here on Thrive Tap. You're back with DJ and Matt, and we are in the book of Leviticus, this one last time in this series. We're up to chapter 21, and Matt, real quickly, chapter 21, 22 is just some instructions for the priests talking about how the Levites Mm. are to practice. We then get into chapter 23 and beyond, which talks about the appointed festivals to remember these sacred days and holidays and everything that God's appointed.
2: Yeah, and that created a a rhythm of life that constantly brought them back to key things that God had done in the past. Mm. So this is this sense... Um, of a God who is active in history, who has done certain things, and, you know, know, it's said of the Jewish people that they walked into the future facing backwards, uh, (laughs) because they they remembered what God had done, and that's what gave them, you know, the faith uh, to believe that, you know, God is faithful, this is the God that we serve, and it gave them hope for the future. And so... Uh, the rhythm of life around these festivals was this constant uh, life oriented around response to God. It was a life oriented around worship. Yeah, essentially, it's what we do as Christians when we meet every uh, every Sunday. You know, it's like the first day of the week, the day of the resurrection of Jesus. Yes. It's uh, our b- because that's the pinnacle; it's the top of the mountain. You know, the the um, the death and resurrection of Christ. Yes, and so we orient our weeks around that yeah. the, the commemoration and the remembering of that
1: the real quickly in list the, the the festivals listed here are the passover and the festival of unleavened yeah. bread the festival of the first fruits the festival of harvest uh the festival of trumpets the day of atonement and the festival festival of shelters yeah uh, listed in chapter 23 and in one sense you know they they were all specific uh you know ideas around that can can we say? And I've heard different preachers over the years use these festivals and these concepts mm-hmm. behind the festivals to preach Jesus. Yeah, you know this this concept of the festival. I, I mean, of course, of the Passover yeah. one being the biggest one. Yeah, but a lot of people have used th- these festivals as pointers to what God is really communicating or anything like that. Do you go that far, or do you go? Listen, they're just holidays. They're just this. Leave them as they are, or. Um. I don't know if
2: I'd say they're just uh, anything, and and I do because you know, I mean, in very important ways, a lot of these things do preempt uh, what what Christ has done for us. And you mentioned the Passover, of course. I look at, at times. I feel like sometimes people overplay that we've got to find Jesus in every single part, every story, every you know, practically every verse of the Old Testament. I think. Uh, sometimes I think that's, we, we don't have to, it's all relevant to us because of Jesus. Mm. We don't need to literally read Jesus in, in every single thing. However, I think, I think the festivals, uh, I think there is some, uh, there are some, there are some significant, uh, pointers there and, and connections, um, for people wanting to find more about the festivals, look. There's lots of great oh, information out fantastic. there, and and uh, maybe maybe you can find some key oh, points and put it in there. Thanks for I giving me the <laughs> homework to do.
1: Thanks. I'll, I'll just go. I'll go do that. I'll make, I'll, I'll give you some homework as well. Uh, the uh, no, no, no. That's fine. I, I think it's a beautiful study. Uh, if for nothing yeah. else, to really look into the meaning behind the festivals. What was God trying to teach them? Because these festivals aren't just hey, here's a holiday. It's yeah. like no, God is trying to communicate something about Himself. Yeah, and their and his relationship to them, and I think it's a beautiful yeah. thing to
2: look at. Yeah, that's right. And of course, the question comes up: you know, do, should we as uh, as Christians yeah. uh, observe these festivals? And and of course, there is a whole liturg There's there's some denominations celebrate a, rit- a liturgical. We're, rec- or, we're
1: recording this in uh, the first couple of weeks of Lent for yeah, those who, right. who, yeah. who, who who follow yeah. that.
2: And and there's no there's no prescription of that in the in the New Testament. Um, uh, th- there is a. You know, there's there's a, a warning not to get stuck on days and years and and to follow that slavishly. Um, that doesn't invalidate the, you know that there, that there is val- a lot yeah. of value in rhythms of life. Um, I think the most important thing, though, to recognise is that the meeting together on the first day of the week, which is spoken about in the New Testament, yes. is really the culmination because all of these sorts of thing, all of these things, yeah, they do culminate in in the. The personal work of Christ. Okay? Great point. And so, so the, the practice of, of meeting together on the first day of the week and it, it accentuates the importance of that. That that as a rhythm of life is uh, is yeah. crucially important because, in a sense, in in our meeting together in Jesus' name on the first day of the week, which is the day of r- resurrection, it's it's kind of. Uh, all, all of these, all the symbolism of these festivals, yeah. including everything in, in what are traditionally, um, you know, the other tr- traditional Christian festivals, are really, in a sense, in condensed form. Are, are actually in that yeah. w- what essentially we are celebrating every Sunday. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not a big one for uh, for the sort of yearly yearly seasons and, and festivals, yeah. um, uh, but. You know, some people love that, and it reminds them of those things, and they—it's a way of yeah, uh, reliving the story and, yeah. and so forth. Um, in a sense, I think we should be doing that every week. Yeah in in, in a different in a different sort of way. Yeah, but yeah, that's I,
1: I love it. I love it. That's enough. said about we, we we then get this. um You know, it, it, chapter twenty four is an interesting one because it starts off talking about you know remember about the offerings and you got the oil and you've got to do this. And then it's like, oh, and by the way, here's an illustration. Mm. Here's a story. There's this guy, his his mum's Israelite, his father's Egyptian, and then he's having a fight with another Israelite and he gets so furious or in the fury of the fight – he lets loose and starts cursing God, you know, yeah. or cursing yeah. cursing the Lord, and everyone's he cur- like yeah. he uses wha-?
2: the name of in, yeah and yeah. curses the name yeah
1: yeah yeah and and everyone's like With the whoa we have it stop 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 go get Moses you know like there and we get this almost like okay let's have a look how this works practically what we've just read about how does this work practically in a yeah. in a in an example here.
2: Yeah, and it seems, again, I mean, to our sensibilities, it just seems so, so harsh. Um, uh, but in the, in the context, it's, it's this, they're not just working on an axis of right and wrong. Yeah. They're working on, the, on, on a, another axis of sacred and profane, and you have, you have um, desecrated the most sacred thing. Yeah. It's, you've got to think this other axis. You have desecrated the most sacred thing, and uh, and that is the name of God. You have cursed the name. Mm. Uh, that, in the light of that spiritual dimension, um, that's a serious thing. So, again, it's like your point before. Yeah. We look at this and we think, oh, come on, he just… You yeah. just it's just just just. Just just. Can't but he actually, say
1: sorry? Can't he just do some time yeah. how about some community service for it? Yeah. You know, type of thing. And and we get this thing where the Lord, you know, Moses goes to the Lord, the Lord speaks to Moses and through Moses and and and, and basically reiterates all the a few other of these key laws yeah. again. We get, you know, this phrase and we've had it we've had it before. You know, the Lord says to Moses, Remember, you know, a life for a life. An eye yeah, for yeah. an eye, you know, like yeah. a, a broken bone yeah. for a broken bone. And so therefore, everyone involved in this who's brought this charge before him, who've heard him and everything like this, the witnesses and everybody yeah. around him, take him out outside of the camp, lay your hands on him, and then stone him to death. Yeah. And it's like yeah. oh, And I'm holy. and again,
2: you know, I'm not saying that this is it, it is it's a horrific kind of situation. Um, but it it relates to the desecration of what is sacred, and and you think of the story of Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, yeah. who they brought strange fire. Right? They just barged into the tabernacle with their own ideas of how. And and again, we say, oh man, what was so bad about that? It's working on this other axis, right? Yeah. The desecration of the sacred and and for us in our culture, because we live on you know it 's like this horizontal plane, we just don 't get it, but not at all. The point is is that this was so important yeah this is important f- even for our eternal you know eternal welfare that uh, God wanted in his community to ingrain this sense now i 'm yes. not saying we do this. This is something. It was a civil law for then. It was a way of ingraining yep. uh, something at, at that particular point. Um, it's it is horrific, but again, it's uh, we need to try to put ourselves into that dimension, into that time, to what's happening yep. at that stage, and try to operate on that double axis.
1: And the other the other reason. Just let me come at it from you know reading it through, and again, it, it's meant to shock us. It's, yeah. not, it's we're not meant to read this yeah. and go, "Hooray!" You, you we're meant to be shocked by, by yeah. you know by this in the reading of it. But the other thing we're meant to do is to say, "Okay, the people were taking this seriously." Yeah. You know, okay, the Israelites were obeying what Moses said. Yeah. This is this is key obedience. This yeah. is like they are priming themselves yeah. to say we are going to do whatever the Lord Lord yeah. Lord does. Now, speaking about their whole life, and I love the fact that you've used this phrase a few times, Matt. Their whole life, every practice from the small thing to the great thing, and now we're getting to a bigger picture. Like we're zooming out a little bit here. Yeah. We've looked at the yearly festivals, and now we get to the Sabbath year, like yeah. the, you know the Jubilee and yeah. everything like this. Zooming right out, their whole generationally is living to a rhythm. Yeah, yeah
2: that's right. That yeah.
1: that is um, glorifying God. Yeah, and not only glorifying God, I think the, these principles in what he talks about the Sabbath year, the year of jubilee, is a you know, and God God says it is a is a a freeing thing for the land. Yeah. A freeing thing for the people, for generations. <laughs> yeah. Financially, it's liberating. It's a whole different way of operating. Yeah. Because the underlying principle here in a lot of this is you own nothing.
2: Yeah, that's this right.
1: This is all gods. Yeah. I, I own it all and you are just a pilgrim. Yeah. Operating in my system. Yeah,
2: yeah that's right. And that's, that's the perspective. I mean, it's such an important perspective that, yeah, uh, and it 's a perspective sometimes that again in our modern sensibilities we don 't get that <laughs> not at all uh, and and the the law about i mean the Sabbath for the land is an interesting one because again, you know it goes back to what we were saying before that connection with the land yeah. uh, and the fact that well, the land needs a Sabbath as well. And yeah. we, and, and actually, I mean, we know it's a well established fact that resting land, uh, for a lot of reasons yes. actually enables the land to regenerate and and, and, and so forth. Mm. Um and so, you know, the the law of rest, it's just interesting how the law of rest is applied uh to people. You know, there are rights for the animals yes. uh even and there are rights even for the even for the very land. Yeah. Uh so there's this Multiple connection, um, and the you know the, the the people are responsible for every form of relationship, and yeah. the law applies to everything. That the um, the reach of the law goes even to the plants. Yeah, it's just great, <laughs> and, and
1: it goes into their finances. It goes into yeah. their o- o- concept of ownership. Yeah. It goes into their concept of property uh, about the land of what you said. The fact that yeah. that um, God
2: owns the land, and yeah, and that is the. Interesting law at the year of Jubilee, this which is, right, is after yeah. 49 years, land would revert back to the original share given to the the, the, the tribal uh, allotment, right? Yes. So, so, you couldn't – in a sense, when you bought land, it was understood that you were kind of buying a lease. Yeah. Because once the year of Jubilee came, that land would automatically revert, revert to the original share. So, it was very much the sense, listen, you are tenants in this land. Yeah. The land belongs to God. Remember, this is a kind of symbol, I think, of, of what ultimately God is saying this about the whole earth. You know, Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Amen. So, um, it's saying this is my land, you're my tenants, and it prevents any group of people from uh, amassing a share and amassing wealth to the detriment uh, of others. And, um, and of course, slaves would go free as well uh, Well, to this- bridge into that. In fact, in Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy 15, it talks about after seven years, uh, slaves are able to go yep. able to go free. So anyway, slavery. Let's get let's so, get uh,
1: Yeah, this is this is a big issue for for a lot of people who are who have who are triggered by the word and the concept of slavery. Yeah, because mm. and I'll, and let me let me say you know I don't want to trigger anybody here, but I think our culture has been indoctrinated with a concept of slavery. I'm not saying it wasn't true, yeah. but it was true for a small group of people at a certain amount of time. Like as soon as you say, as soon as you talk about slavery, people think of all the movies and the television shows and the pictures they've seen around mm. American slavery of the African American, you know, in yeah. a, in, a, in, a, in a period, of, yeah. in a couple of generations in, in America. So we, our minds immediately go here. Dare I say that the 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 idea of slavery and the concept of slavery might be a little bit different here under God's design?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah it is uh it's it's quite different now um the the other thing to point out here is that the the law here see this is a stage in God's plan right Yeah. and what God wanted is cuz you got you got to think what sort of plan is this part of, and what is the stage in this plan this is speaking to, right? Because this is not the ultimate no. expression of where God wanted things to be. Yeah. This is a stage, right? And the stage was, is that God wanted amongst the Israelites, them to demonstrate, right? What um, what ultimately He wanted for everyone on the earth, mm. okay? Um, so, He He forbade them to enslave each other. Yes. The Israelites forbade them to – and and when you understand that's a stage in God's plan so that they would demonstrate true community amongst themselves that ultimately God wanted to extend across the whole earth, right? Yeah,
1: it's because let me point out, historically, and this is a fact, you can go yeah. do your research, ev- nearly every other people – yeah. Every other culture, every other race, every other nation, whatever, however you want to define people groups throughout the, you know, this point of history and and before and, and, you know, and beyond enslaved their own. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You enslaved, you know, Europeans enslaved Europeans, you know, blacks, you know, enslaved blacks, you know, Muslims enslaved Muslims, you know, like every other, every other nation and everybody was doing it. We see here that God forbade the Israelites to do it to themselves. Yeah. And and that's not just because
2: um, it's not just an, an us and them. Again, you've got to think it in terms of the plan. The plan was always yes. to demonstrate a better way to a watching world, right? Exactly. And exactly. so, so he he forbids this uh, to um, to the Israelites, and, and there are, you know, look that there it's complicated because there is some allowance for the fact that someone might be able to sell themselves into service for for a period of time. time. Yes. But look, after seven years, you you, you have the right to go free anyway.
1: And there's also the concept of, again, these instructions are alongside. Don't miss the fact that God is telling Moses and the Israelites here, there's multiple times in the book of Leviticus where he says, you were to treat the foreigner amongst you as one of your own.
2: Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that's a good bridge, yeah. You
1: you were to love, he, he, he goes as far as to say, and this is, you know, we hear this again with Christ, love them as you love yourself. Yeah. Treat them as your neighbor in the land. Treat them honorably. Do not uh, take advantage of them. Da, 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 da. But with slavery, there comes these, you know, like I think we're supposed to keep both things in mind as we yeah, read yeah, that's right. This. Yeah. So the interesting thing
2: here is in Leviticus 25, it allows them, as you said before, yeah. it allows them to take foreigners as slaves. Mm. Now, you know, I think it's worth recognizing that those foreigners that were enslaved, that were you know, that kind of vulnerable to slavery, they were always going to be way better off living in an Israelite household because they were protected by very humane, like re- quite remarkably humane laws around yeah. slavery. They were protected by those laws, um, you know, periods of rest. Yes. Uh, they were to be treated uh, as, as human being. you know, as human beings. The, I know that sounds basic to us, but that wasn't in, in other nations. That no. wasn't the, the no. case. Um, so, uh, so I think it's important to recognize that, but also to recognize this is a stage, right? God is getting them to express something that ultimately is what he wants for everyone. But yeah. you've got to start somewhere. It's got to be demonstrated. Yeah. Um, so, when, when you're, in, you're in the ancient world, and this is just an established fact of society, you see the same thing in the New Testament. Um, you got to work with that and, and the change has got to happen slowly from the inside. And and you get to a point, of course, that the couple of times in history since the time of Christ, when slavery was abolished, both times in the uh, medieval, early medieval period. And then of course, in the early 1800s, yes, it, slavery was abolished by Christians. Yeah. Um, so, um, so th- there is that time for systemic change. Yes. Uh, but the, the prior, you know, there's always this principle of changing it from the inside out. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, it's a complex issue, but uh, I think this this approach to to slavery is remarkable in that it forbids slavery amongst the Israelites, with a view to the fact that this is ultimately what God wants for everyone.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, when you, I, I want to encourage you as you read through this in the Old Testament, do not let the modern Retelling of slavery picture what is happening because yeah. from what we can see as far as records go and stories go both in the Bible and outside of the Bible most people who were treated as slaves in this time period were treated well and and you know again 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 this is a lot of the fact of we yeah. still can't get the fact out of our mind like yeah but they were slaves yeah that was wrong we we yeah. no one wants to try to justify the yeah. fact that owning another human being is bad but. There is also provision in in these books that when a slave is able to go free, they yeah. have the choice not to because they want to stay, yeah. with their master yeah. because they love their master, yeah, and they love you know they love the people with yeah. them. So the idea being this idea, hey Matt, you've already brought it out here, and, and I think you meant to say treated well within
2: with within this. Yeah. Israelites uh, Israelite society, where they were protected by yes, these laws. Yeah, they were yeah. protected by rights. They yeah, had, yeah. you know, they actually yeah. had rights. Yeah, and that's right.
1: God, God goes to you know great lengths to say no, no, no. You know, you are, to, you know, treat them well. So it's, Do not yeah. be cruel to them. Treat them well. Uh, they are able to be redeemed. They are able to, yeah. you know, choose to stay. Understanding that, as you pointed out, Matt, these laws and the Israelite people were to be an example to the to the culture around them of the best way to live.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. in this yeah. thing
1: including uh, in slavery, yeah, you that's know, right. yeah. so it's a, it's a it's, yeah. a it's it's an interesting one.
2: Yeah. no, it's good.
1: All right. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. We're going yeah, we to wrap
2: it up. So just the last thing to comment on is this strange at the end, right at the end of Leviticus. Uh, you have this strange section about making vows. Um, and um, and it's again this is difficult for us as modern readers. Uh because vow making was a very common practice in the ancient world, yep. and and you, you if you made a vow to the gods to and it was often even to offer a, even one of your own children yep. to, to the god. You know, if you really got de- desperate, God, if you do this, I will sacrifice to you one of my own what In fact, Jephthah. Essentially, did I mean? I mean, he said, "I'll offer you the first thing that comes out to welcome yeah. me." I mean, yes. he would have known that it would have been one of his kids. He's trying to leave that, yeah. hopefully, <laughs> ambiguous. Yeah, you know, but he's he's trying to bargain. He didn't need to do that. Yeah, that's very evident.
1: Even but, even um, oh, uh, is it Rebecca Samuel's mum? Yeah, yeah, you, you know. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, Hannah. Um ha- sorry, yeah. Hannah, Hannah, sorry. Uh Hannah Samuel's mum, you know, says, Lord, you know, I will give this son over to yeah. you if you give me a son. You know, if yeah, you give that's me a child right. So I'll that's give tr- a-
2: that's quite a common practice yeah. uh, in the ancient world. And so because in- in- invariably once you did that, you were held to it and you're under curse if you didn't, there's a sense in which this makes provision for the fact that it could have been unrashly or without discussion between uh, partners or with, in all sorts of different situations. So,
1: we get this wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, troubling, awful thing of, of, of the Lord and Moses working out a basically a price list for human beings. Yeah. You know, if you're a, if you're a man… And you're between twenty and sixty, you go for fifty pieces yeah. of silver. Yeah. If you're a woman and you're between this age and this age, you go for thirty pieces of silver. Yeah. And straight away, with our with equity and equality in in our minds, we go, "What yeah. is and, going and it's on clearly, here?"
2: It's clearly not about that because equity and equality is already built into the law. So you've yeah. got to understand that context. This is about this is about the current in that time, the current value of the labor of these people. Yeah. So this really, yeah. it's really mundane kind of stuff. Exactly. It's just, it, you know, it's, what is
1: the potential earning you can make from yeah, this yeah. person? Understanding that, you know, they're and it's taking, not
2: saying that that's all there is to no, the value of that. No, it's got, exactly. Saying nothing about that. Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. A boy between the ages of one month and five years is five pieces of silver. Yeah. A girl in that thing is three pieces yeah. of silver. So yeah. women are always valued less. Yeah. Men are valued more. Why? Because in that culture, a man had the more ability to earn more yeah. than a woman did yeah. in in that that's culture. Right. That's right. And this all is an example is. of
2: where it completely relates to the to you know uh, economic values at that time yeah. and the you know the the loss of you know lost opportunity or loss of. I mean, you know that's that's the scale that's being applied. And I know that's hard for us to understand, but um, you yeah, know that's. It's, it's ultimately, this is God graciously making an allowance yeah. for the fact, look, I know you're a bunch of idiots <laughs> <laughs> and you and you do things really rashly and you try to bargain with me and like, don't do that. Yeah. But if you do, uh, I, I, you know, I still want you to take seriously vows. Yeah. I, you still need to take seriously. So, I'm not going to take away from that. But unlike uh, the elsewhere in the ancient Near East, I'm going to allow for an opportunity to... Uh, to redeem that uh, that um, you know that mistake that you've made,
1: and, and the other the other point of this that we we've got to keep in mind this especially this last chapter, chapter twenty seven. The Levites were priests and judges. Yeah. That's right. So God is giving them a baseline value. And then we it goes, it starts off yeah. with the people, and then it gives property value and 20% added on to this, and you know, different things yeah. to be able to, to do again with vows. <laughs> yeah. And if you promise something, this is how we do it. It's to give the priests a baseline value to say, all right, this is this is yeah, what Moses and and, and, and the Levites did right at the beginning. Yeah. This is what God gave them. I can now judge fairly. Because I, yeah. I've got this value yeah, there, right. yeah. so it gives a free.
2: This is, this is an example of, and I think this is a general principle: is that we we read things through the lens of our twenty you know twenty first century lens, and and we we often don't get the fact that there's a lot of grace actually in built into these things. There's a lot of amen, you know, and and there's a lot of people being protected. In these laws, because we go to them and we think oh that 's terrible yes. when actually there are people being protected here yeah. you know I mean I was reading in in i uh, think early in numbers four or five about some ordeal about women caught in adultery, and yeah. it's, it looks really terrible from our, but actually it 's it's pro- it's actually protecting them from trials of ordeal that were completely not fair, but creating something intelligible yeah. that would in a sense be guaranteed to uh, bar miracle of God, be guaranteed to i mean we 'll talk about this in a future yeah. episode, but guaranteed to actually get them off the hook, but in mm. a way that would satisfy ancient sensibilities, but often we don 't recognize who, the fact that there are people being protected here and yeah. and that there 's a lot of good things here, but that 's only intelligent when you understand um, uh, or, or can be bothered to understand the the time in which this is uh, this is given, so yes, this makes reading Leviticus a little complex, um, but I think there is so much value here for us as modern readers because uh, this kind of stuff is going to make us more sensitive to a whole dimension, yep. this double axis, oh. uh, which we need to try to regain in yep. our culture. and uh, And I believe Leviticus challenges our sort of one-dimensional kind of flat, horizontal axis perspective.
1: Totally, totally. And, I, and and just to wrap it up, as you're going through Leviticus, you know, again, or if, you, if you're reading through it in the future, here's my challenge here. to you. Matt, you gave a great point before, and I think this is something we need to go in there and be actively reading to look for grace, yeah. Say, okay, Lord, because yeah. it's so easy to go into Leviticus and be reading for the negative, yeah, looking right. for yeah. the negative. Because be, let's be honest, yeah. there is some negative yeah. in there. Yeah. But if we go in there and go, okay, God, show me how you are presenting yourself graceful. And if we look for the moments of that, we will, we will see many moments through the book of Leviticus, yeah. through all the laws, where God yeah, is calling right. them to a higher, to yeah. a higher level. And I love, and I love the fact that Leviticus opens. You know, the very opening line of Leviticus is, "And the Lord." You know, you know, God yeah. Yahweh called Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, give the following instructions to the Israelites. And then the last verse of, of Leviticus, 27 yeah. chapters later, is, and these are the commands that the Lord gave to the Israelites through Moses on Mount Sinai.
2: Yeah, you know, right. we've, boom,
1: that's what we've done in the book of Leviticus.
2: Yeah, that's good. And And I, you know, and again, that reminder that this is a book that sits right in the center. You know, it's and and it's the it's it's the mountaintop because it establishes these vital, um, these this vital message about the sacred mm. and the importance of the sacred, but it also contains the message of how we as uh as I, you know imperfect people can have this relationship with, with the with the holy God mm. and so. All of those things go together. There's a whole lot of things that go together here. And ultimately, it's about us walking with God. It's about human beings being lifted up to the realm. It's This is not about a God that's pushing people away. Exactly. This is about a God saying, I want you to come and live with me in the realm of the sacred. Be holy as I am holy. Come and walk with me. Come up here. Come in here. You know, this is it, – it's – there's, as you say, there's lots of grace. Mm. This is invitational. This is God opening a way and drawing people to himself. And there's it's just a remarkable invitation. And I think the book of Leviticus, it's worth the trouble reading because there's so much good stuff here.
1: Close that chapter, close that book of Leviticus. For now, we have wrapped up our study on the book of Leviticus as if you could ever wrap up a study on any book of the Bible. But this is it for now. And I hate to disappoint because I know a few of you who are dying to get back into the New Testament. Well, next fortnight... We get into the book of Numbers. If you thought we were, <laughs> if you thought we we're out of the book of Moses, the books of Moses, we're into the book of Numbers. But this one is even more interesting. I, I promise you, you're going to love this discussion on the book of Numbers. So uh, now, keep in mind, I want you to circle on your calendar March the 26th. March the 26th. That's when Matthew and I are going to be trying this live recording. We want to bring you in and have your questions and answers in there. Exclusive for our new Thrive Supporters group I'll be letting you know about it over the next couple of episodes But until then, we'll see you next fortnight here on Thrive Deeper
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts About what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Deeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.